Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, hear from Brandon Alexander, Blue Bombers safety, as he is back for another year. And also Jamie Thomas, Jets radio analyst, tells us where we're at when it comes to the Jets roster scrimmage today. We're not far away from the season opener. That's all coming up on the podcast. Let's get right into one of the other news items of the day, and that is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers agreeing to a one-year extension with Brandon Alexander. The 27-year-old from Orlando returning to the club for a fourth season was originally signed here in 2017 when he was the most outstanding rookie of the team. Four interceptions, including a pick six, four forced fumbles in his days in Winnipeg. He was a walk-on in university at Central Florida, twice nominated for the award called the Bertlesworth Award, given to the best player who began his career as a walk-on. Last season, remember, he was limited to 10 games because of injury, but when he came back, it was really big. Shifted to safety, and the team looked so much better defending the pass. It was night and day. The additions of Nick Taylor and Mercy Maston helped as well, but they were a lot better after that switch happened, and they went on to win the Grey Cup. So he joined a conference call today with members of the media here in Winnipeg, and he was asked, well, why come back? I really enjoyed my time here with the people, with the community, you know, with the staff and the players and everything. Uh, there was no reason for me to uh, think about going anywhere else or, or anything. So uh, I'm just glad that we were able to get a deal done, and um, I'm just happy to be back, you know, with Winnipeg and just the whole organization. Now, he was asked if he was ever tempted to wait to hear other offers from other teams when free agency opens in about a month. Um. I mean, maybe to a uh, uh, maybe every single time that I've been a free agent, I, I always kind of thought about what if, uh, but it's never really real deal crossed my mind of you know maybe let me just test the free agent market and go somewhere else because again like um, I, I I'm a guy of of loyalty as well, um, and one thing that never really mattered to me was uh, money or or. Just being a being a starter or anything like that. What did what does matter to me is people who really care and be genuine around the game, around uh, around people. And Winnipeg showed me that in the first year, and I didn't need to see anything else. The last time I felt like that was at UCF, and UCF my four years we had a phenomenal four years there, and my three years in Winnipeg we had a phenomenal three years there. I don't see anything why I need to to change. I had two coaches in my whole career. Um, college and, and, and professional-wise, and both coaches I love to death, Coach O'Leary and Coach O'Shea. It's funny how both of them are Irish, you know. So um, <laughs> it's it's really like I, I, I both both places I've been, it's been a family, tight-knit family, and we built something and became something special. Both times has happened that way. There's no reason for me to go anywhere else when I feel comfortable here. Fair enough. So how is he now getting ready for 2021? Well, as of right now, uh, during 2020, you know, I was uh, coaching football, so I've been out there, you know, doing some football drills and everything like that. And uh, me being back in the gym now, uh, you know, just my daily routine, just as always, you know, anytime that I come um, home around this time or a little bit, a couple weeks ago, uh, for instance, you know, that just a couple weeks ago will be around the time that I'll be home. And so, uh, you know, just having that, and I think the most important thing was uh, rest. This was uh, really like the first time in a very long time that I was able to, you know, actually sit down, you know, not do the injury or not do to any 
other circumstances just to uh, be able to recuperate myself, my mind, and my body. And so I think that was uh, another important factor for this time off. What else has he been up to? Uh, training, working, and, and, and making music on this side, to be honest with you. Uh, those three kind of just kept me in the loop of uh, being around, of you know, life situations of what happened uh, this past year. So, you know, that just kept me going, to be honest with you, you know, work, football, and, and music. Those are the three things that kept me going. He was asked to elaborate on the music part. Uh, well, it's a, it's a long process, uh, for sure. You know, um, to be honest with you, I could uh, have enough to drop a project out right now. But, uh, you know, it's no rush at all. Uh, I was trying to definitely rush it last year of just saying, like, oh, you know, I want to drop it and everything. But, no, it's, it, all this takes time. But I'm uh, I'm really excited about this music as well. Um, I, I speak about real-life things. I try to be most, you know, relatable as possible. And uh, I'm different, you know. I'm different. I can, you know, sing a little bit. I can rap a little bit and put it together and make something new out of myself. So, uh, hopefully, you know, when I do drop it sometime this year, um you know, a lot of people gravitate towards it and uh, and just, you know, enjoy it because I worked hard on it. So uh, just be on the lookout for it sometime this year for sure. So let's talk about football on the field, for instance. His preference. Does he prefer to play safety, halfback? Does it matter? Uh, to be honest, I pride myself for, you know, being very versatile. So uh, it doesn't really matter to me of where where do I play. You know, it, all it matters to me is, uh, you know, I'm able to contribute to the team somewhere, somehow. And I feel like anywhere that they'll be able to plug me in, that uh, I could be a, a good asset towards the team somehow, some way. So uh, anywhere on the field, to be honest with you, I do like safety only because I can see and, and talk to everybody on the field. And um, I think that's where my best asset lies. It's not, you know, just my play on the field, but just to be able to have everybody else feel comfortable out there and just be themselves. So uh, if I really had to choose, then, yes, safety. But other than that, like, it doesn't really matter to me at all. I've basically played every position on the field since I've been up there. What about the losses of players like Winston Rose and Marcus Sales from that championship squad? Obviously, they weren't going to have them for 2020 if there was a 2020, but now Sales is signed with the Lions. It looks like Rose is going to stay in the NFL with the Bengals practice squad. Uh, the same way we did last year in terms of we had to bring some key pieces in during midseason towards the late season as well. You know, we had guys like Nick Taylor. We had guys like, uh, like Mercy Maston. We had guys uh, come in just so late and be able to contribute, you know, um, and Mike Jones and, and a couple others and um, Rios. Even so, you know, we had all these guys that had to be plugged in and they're new, even if they, you know, been on our team. Every year is going to be somebody different that's going to be a, a impact or a new asset on our team so uh it's going to be the same situation as long as you got kind of got like the core um the core, the core ideas and, and uh, what you want to be and you, uh what you want to do with, with this team then that's all that matters brandon alexander winnipeg blue bombers safety defensive back call him what you will he's an important part of their defense and we hope to see him on the field in 2021 because we knock on wood and hope there is a 2021 season Let's talk more with about the Winnipeg Jets. They played their second and final intra-squad scrimmage today down at Bell MTS Place, and the man who has dragged me out of fantasy hockey retirement joins us now. That is Jamie <laughs> Thomas, Jets radio analyst. Jamie, we've got a draft coming up in 26 minutes. I'm going to be a little bit busy, though. Come on. It just stuck me with the final pick. <laughs> you know, the best part is this is how you, like, 
This is how you bring people in your fantasy hockey league. You find out what time they're busy at, and then you say, hey, join my league. And come to the, when you're working during the draft, that shouldn't be a problem. It's like, here's it. All right, it's 8 p.m. Monday, by the way. There's 12 teams you're picking last. Okay, got it. <laughs> hey, I did. There's a website that does random draws or uh, okay, sets up sure. your drafts. And, sure, uh, sure, sure. <laughs> I sent out the video. It was authentic. So like, no, I saw no... it. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. No, it's it's good. No. So that's that's coming up. So I, you know what? Maybe it's better not to be focused because you do a maybe a half job and you're not as yeah. into it. Then maybe it turns out better. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes when you overthink it, because I had a draft last night and I'm like, okay, I need guys that are going to give me shot block shots and hit. So you start doing all this research and I'm like, do I really need this guy? Am I going to really put Brandon Tanev in the lineup instead of Patrick Laine every week? So you, then you really start overthinking and reaching on guys. So if, you, if you're if you not focused and you just throw guys in there, you're like, oh, this, this guy looks good at center. I think sometimes that turns out all right. But then there's the guys that, oh, like the wizards of drafting. Mm, that's not I me. Got a, I got a buddy named uh, Chris, or sorry, Cliff, and I call him the fantasy devil. The guy knows, like he could write a book on winning leagues there's like trophies all in his room i oh wish i had that time i wish i had that time and uh, authenticity to do those types of things well before we move on to the jets i will say i am two and zero in my career in fantasy hockey leagues however yeah. the amount of the amount of engagement from other players in said leagues was very low so <laughs> it was basically oh christian's playing and no one else cares that's kind of yeah. how it went for both wins. So I, I expect to maybe make the playoffs in this one. I don't have high hopes, and I'll just pick. Yeah. I basically kind of be on the best player available, auto- Christian. Yeah. The, no, the best player be, available. That's basically an auto draft. I'm going to kind of be auto drafting tonight, and that's how it's going to go. So let's talk about uh, the Winnipeg Jets, their final scrimmage today. First of all, how did it feel to be in Bell MTS play seeing players on that ice rink? Yeah, what with the tarps and everything, it looks pretty good, right? It's gonna, I think it's gonna look fantastic on television. Still not as good as having fans in the building, but it, it felt good. And actually, sitting in the broadcast booth was uh, a nice surprise. I, I've walked in there a couple of times, but usually everybody was busy when I, I popped in there, so I didn't like to do too much. But uh, it's, it, it was really cool to watch uh, from that vantage point. Um, clearly, the best location in the building. Uh, for a broadcaster, if you, in my opinion, but uh, it was really exciting to be in there. Uh, nice to sit beside Paul, even though we're not going to be sitting in that exact same booth because we have to sit beside each other, but with plexiglass between the two of us due to COVID rules. Um, it, it was really cool, and I think the players were uh, happy to be there as well. It's, it's been March was the last time that they, they played a real game in there, so it was it was good to see everybody on the ice playing a game, even though it broke up a couple of times to get the power play in there. And uh, it wasn't a full three periods, but I think we got the, the gist of what, uh, what this team is going to look like. Well, and after the scrimmage, the number of players, I believe the, the number seven were sent down to the Manitoba Moose. So starting tomorrow, they're just going to have one practice group. One of the yeah. players not on the ice, Jamie was Matthew Perot placed on waivers today is we heard from Paul Maurice earlier in the show talking about how this is purely a cap thing. Is there any mm. risk to him being picked up, you think? Uh, I, I think there is. Uh, a guy that can play on your second power play unit, uh, can move up and down your lineup, always handy, right? But it is a complicated world we're living in right now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm i just as surprised as you were when that happened. But I, I also believe there's they have a lot of tough decisions to make. Got to get underneath that cap. Not sure exactly how Brian Little's going to fit into this, the long-term injury. Uh, situation um, that decision, I believe, has to come tomorrow. But uh, it's it's 
clearly interesting to see, especially we talked like Matthew Perot was available the day before, and we're talking about how well he's going to fit on the fourth line uh, with Nate Thompson and Trevor Lewis, uh, even though Paul Maurice touched on the fact that it could be Jansen Harkins fitting in there as well too, right? But at some point, the Jets got to start injecting some more youth into the bottom six. I mean, it's great to have those, uh, you know, role players and the likes of Thompson, the Lewis's and the Perot's, but you got to start getting these guys moving that you've developed in the Manitoba Moose system. Uh, clearly they're not going to fit in the top six, um, but you got to start getting these guys rolling them through and, and get them into the big league. So you can keep developing players down with the Moose whenever it is the American hockey league gets going. So it's just thinking the reason he wouldn't be picked up is he's making over $4 million and in this yeah. cap tight world that the other teams are living in. If you, anyone went on cap friendly today, there's so many players on waivers over the last few days. It's just, it would just cost a lot to bring him in. And there's also the issue of, you know, if you're an American team and you're picking them up, then you got to wait yeah. a while to get them in. So I feel like it's just too complicated for anyone to actually pick him up. And maybe the, you know, this is something that went through Chevy's mind when this decision was made. Yeah, you're sitting there going, uh, okay, there's a lot of things going on here. We're all sitting around trying to scrap, uh, fight and scrap our way to the salary cap level. You're also thinking long-term, too, about the cap's going to be flat next for the next few years. And then you're like, you just touched on, uh, I dare you essentially to do this because you're going to have to wait to get Matthew Perot in the lineup unless it's a Canadian team. You still have to do a little bit of quarantining anyways on top of that. So it's it, it would be a... a uh, calculated move if someone tries to do it, but also a lot of uh, messy things that go along with it, especially if you're doing like everybody else, trying to get to the cap. So I, I there's a lot of thought going behind this. isn't uh, This isn't a reckless move by any means. Uh, what Matthew Pro has brought to this uh, organization over for the past six, seven years has been, you really can't calculate it. And uh, a great guy in the room, uh, that guy that's going to go in the fourth line has the exact same energy when you go out there and he's going to be yelling at and talking to you the whole time in a positive way. Uh, hard to replace that energy on the bench if, should they ch- choose not to do so. So for the scrimmage, we saw the lines a little bit different than what we'd seen in practice lately. Lewis was now with Adam Lowry and Andrew Kopp. Yeah. Appleton was on the, the quasi-fourth line with Nate Thompson and Christian Veselainen. You also had uh, Neil Pionk skating with Josh Morrissey and Derek yeah. Corbett with Tucker Pullman. Was this all just because of the special teams work they were doing, or are these uh, you know, pairings we might yeah. actually see? I, I still think, I don't know how Paul Maurice goes to that whole rigmarole the other day about how you want size and skill on each defensive pairing, um, and you don't want to play your top four defensemen too much. So I think this is clearly uh, what they really want to get some more special teams work done. Uh, I don't think there's been enough time. There's not enough time to get the power play work in that you need. You still haven't solidified what your second unit's going to look like yet. Uh, so I, I like the fact that they did this just to get your special. They stopped practice. They stopped the scrimmage to the 10 minute mark to get a power play in uh, to get a good look at it anyway. So uh, I think that's clearly what this is. We'll get a good look more tomorrow in the second on, uh, again on Wednesday as they get prepared for Thursday's game against the Calgary Flames. Well, and wasn't Christian Veselainen part of the second power yeah. play unit today? Yeah, I know. And, and that's another thing, too, is I'm trying to figure out if there's a placeholder going on here. Are they truly going to... Say you go Patrick Laine on the second unit as well, and he plays the full two minutes. Are you going to you know, are you gonna be able to give him a two minutes rest uh, to allow him to go through the normal cycle onto the Stastny line, right? So it's just uh, it's so many thought processes to go here. I, I can't see if you're in this whole idea of preserving people um, you know, because of the condensed schedule, I don't see how that works. So there's got to be somebody that's going to fit in there 
onto that second power play unit. And I thought Christian Veselainen played pretty good today in the in the in the scrimmage. You know, an opportunity it looked like he was going to pass, and then he actually made a move into the slot and took a, qu- a quick shot. You know, we all know how good his shot is. I'd like to see him use it more. He almost looked a little more confident than I've seen him at camp in years past. So, but you, Paul Maurice doesn't want young players sitting on the taxi squad and and not playing. He wants them playing, and that's where the American Hockey League is going to get into effect here. Hopefully, that uh, they get everything all sorted out and get that schedule all set up, and we'll get some development uh, this year. But uh, I thought he showed pretty well, and st- I'm still very confused about what's going on with the second power play unit. Maybe that's just Matthew Perot's spot, and they just put him in there yeah. because Perot's, you know, on waivers today. Yeah. Just talking about yes. the taxi squad, we didn't get a ton of clarity from Paul Maurice today. When it, when do they actually have to have that all set in stone by? By tomorrow. So okay. it is, uh, you know, we, they got to get cap compliant and everything by tomorrow afternoon at some point, at, at, uh, I think three. Um, so this is... This is where things get interesting tomorrow. Um, okay. uh, that, that, that's where the scramble is going to be. And it, it, like, ser- seriously, this is the weirdest thing, watching all those names go on the waiver wire today, like Jujar Kara, who's played a very, pretty good role in Edmonton in years past. And uh, so we're, we're seeing guys you ordinarily wouldn't uh, – they wouldn't be sitting in this position. Tyler in, Johnson? Other, yeah, like just – just yeah, that's the biggest name to me by far. Um, but it's it was such a weird day today to see all these names going on waiver that you would not see in any other year but this one. So what are you looking for the last two days before the season starts? Are they going to, I don't know, take it easy because they don't want to wear themselves out? Do they need to start yeah. ramping it up even more? What happens? Yeah, Paul Maurice touched on this yesterday, right? He's, or he said that they're you're going to get to the point where you're going to just get everything back to normal. You have, you have 28 guys on the ice tomorrow you're not going to have these hour, 20 hour, 30 minute uh, practices anymore. You get more, more like under an hour as they get revved up for the season. You don't want anybody getting tired or anybody getting hurt uh, before the season starts on Thursday. But uh, slowing things down will be more like a normal practice. I love the fact that I don't have to get up at 6 and go to those 7.30 skates in the morning. So from a selfish perspective, I'm glad everything's kind of getting back to normal here. And uh, we'll see some more clarity in the next couple of days of how this is going to work out. So what decisions do you think really need to be made that haven't been made yet? I wonder, so now that Jansen Harkins skated this morning, now he wasn't wearing a non-contact yellow jersey, but you don't have to wear one when you're only skating with the three other goaltenders. So does he fit in on that fourth line uh, with Nate Thompson and uh, Trevor Lewis? Uh, Or is that, Mason Appleton's spot. Like, is Trevor Lewis going up the third line? Were they getting a good look at that? So we're trying to figure out how this bottom six sorts itself out. And I still think you have to figure out how that second power play unit is going to look in the coming days. So those those are the only answers. We we know what the six defensemen are going to be. I'm pretty sure that what we've seen in terms of pairings is what we're going to get. It's just what how is this? How does Jansen Harkins and Mason Appleton fit in this whole thing? Because as I said earlier, these this is the time where you got to start getting these these uh, entry-level contracts in there um, and and getting these younger players developed and getting them more ice time. So you have Trevor Lewis making the team then? I I can't see how he doesn't. Like uh, there, he's they in the, in the three days you've been working on special teams, it's been Trevor Lewis and Nate Thompson killing penalties. I know Mason Appleton has done a little fair bit of it. Uh, maybe Jansen Harkins could do it, how they fit in it, but I, I believe Tre- Trevor Lewis is going to make this hockey team. Okay, good to know. We'll uh, stay tuned over the next couple days for all the decisions. Jamie, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this. And I guess we'll see you virtually. I'll see you virtually in like 14 minutes for this 
fantasy I, draft. I, I've I've literally seen people win drafts when auto drafting. So maybe this is the time, buddy. But if you're two and zero, I think this is when you're you can. You know, if you're undefeated already, maybe you can just take that chance and and try the auto draft when you're not paying attention. But well, I've I've seen pretty good teams get drafted. I saw a Yahoo fantasy football draft, and the guy got completely auto draft his whole fantasy football team, and it was pretty good. So I, I'm just saying. I, and I'll also just say that I think my previous two wins were also auto drafts. I've played in very few <laughs> leagues where I've actually drafted, and every time I draft, I don't do well. So maybe yeah, I'll play like th- I'll just like oh, who's the best player available? Click. And then move yeah, on. Yeah. So exactly. Right. exactly. Thanks, Jamie. Okay, my man. Talk to you soon. That's Jamie Thomas, Jets radio analyst, right here on CJOB. First game coming up on Thursday with Paul Edmonds as they take on the Flames. Tune in to the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from seven to nine with me, Christian O'Mel, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?